Mystery Prelude today, uh, sponsored by Albert Madling Bayan uh, for his wife on their 10th anniversary. Anybody get the song? Never going to give you up. Yes, very good. Happy anniversary. Uh, this Wednesday is lunch and worship, so we have uh, lunch at noon and worship at 1. Lunch is potato pancakes and pork schnitzel. We're doing care packages for those in need. There's a list of what we're collecting on the back of your announcement. You can just bring those into the town square. If you want to help make those care packages, that's going to happen on Wednesday, January 25th, 6 to 8 o'clock, and dinner is provided. Middle school, our jams group, have a game night, January 21st. Men's fellowship breakfast, January 28th. Reverend Ron Farrow is going to talk about transitions and life changes. Cooking with Donna is January 31st. Also, our Pathways group meets January 26th at 1. Holy Yoga last week was our first event of Holy Yoga. Worked out really well, good attendance, so we'll have it again this Monday at 9.15, and then Chair Yoga at 10.15. Also, January 22nd, starting a new group. Thank the Beekner clan for coming up with this idea and organizing it. It's 20 to 35 church friends, so it's for that age group. And on January 22nd, the 10.30 service, I'll sit in the balcony, and then uh, Toby is supplying lunch for them following church. We rise for opening
We make our beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Upon this your confession, I as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of, of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I assure you, your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Invite the children forward. That's the kind of church I want to go to. I'm so glad you're here today. You know, you ever uh, you put your hand right there, your finger, touch it right there? Can you feel something? Can you feel something? It's your pulse. It's your heart pumping blood through your body. It's your pulse. We should all have one if we're here today. I heard somebody once say that prayer should be the pulse beat of a believer. I like that. Like your heart is always beating, always sending blood. We should always be in prayer. Because prayer is a way we can communicate with God. We can tell him if we're scared or if we're sad. He can help give us direction or guidance. Sometimes he even gives us miracles. And that's what we're talking about today, but prayer is so important. I want to thank you for coming up today. You're going to get a sticker that says, Smile, Jesus Loves You. Testament 
reading this morning is from 2 Kings, chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Here ends our Old Testament reading. Our epistle reading is from James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Here ends our epistle reading. Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading.
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A man by the name of Larry one day went to a church. A revival was taking place there. And after the preacher was done preaching, he invited anybody who came forward who had a concern on their heart, a need for a prayer or a healing to come forward. Larry thought, I'm not going to go forward. And, you know, he long line, waited, waited, and finally gets up to the preacher. And the preacher says, what's your need? He said, my hearing. Preacher licked both of his fingers, put one in each of Larry's ear, prayed and prayed and prayed. Then he pulled him out. He said, how's your hearing? He said, I don't know. It's not till Wednesday. importance of prayer and what prayer can do. We often find Jesus praying, oftentimes alone. In our gospel lesson for today, he teaches his disciples how to pray. Notice I used a new King, King James Version for that because the new King James Version keeps in that doxology, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Jesus never said those words. That was added on to the prayer at a later date. And you'll notice in communion today, the pastor speaks or the vicar will speak the Lord's Prayer using the doxology. We're acknowledging that that's not a part of Jesus' original prayer. Abraham Lincoln said, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seem insufficient for the day. I enjoy watching football, especially this time of year. It was a year or so ago, they sort of changed the uniform. Not everybody had the exact same uniform. There was an opportunity for the football players to put some words on the back of their helmet. And they were only limited. It wasn't they could put anything they want. Some said, stop hate, it takes all of us, black lives matter, inspire change, say their stories. Then after a deadly crime, hate crime in Buffalo, the Buffalo Bill players asked to add, choose love, and they did. Now I have to admit, just personally, it never helped unify what those words were intended to do. I, I felt more less unique. But on January 2nd, I found unity. A Monday night football game, Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin. His heart stopped multiple times. He almost died. Football games that were to follow in that week. You'd see signs, pray for DeMar, pray for number three. On ESPN, they stopped talking about sports and they lifted DeMar up in prayer. I thought I was watching the 700 Club. <laughs> and all that week, people were talking about the power of prayer. It's like DeMar gave us permission to talk about the power of and certainly his recovery has been a miracle. 
right at the beginning of Acts. There's prayer in the Old Testament, but right at the beginning of Acts, we're told what the church did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, breaking of bread, which is communion, and to prayer. Prayer was such an important part of the church. When John and Peter were released from prison, we're told what the congregation did. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They gave thanks. When Peter was in prison and it looked as if he was going to get executed, we're told, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The power of prayer. He was released. His life was spared. In 1 Samuel 12, 23, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Those are powerful words. Not only does God encourage and desire to hear our prayers, but he commands us to talk to him. We miss out on something when we're not in prayer. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Isn't that a way to come near to God? And is it a sin when we fail to pray for our brothers and sisters in their time of need? Epiphrase, Colossians 4.12, Epiphrase, who is one of you and the servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. He wrestled with God in prayer. He struggled, wrestled. At times, he brings you to your knees. Could he be having an allusion to an Old Testament situation? Genesis 32. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans, and you have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Pinel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Jacob wrestled with God. God encourages us to rescue, rest, wrestle with him in prayer. Now I know some people aren't fond of prayer. I've heard some of you say, well, if God knows the future and that's what's going to happen, how can prayer change anything? Well, that's a good question. We'll get to that. Then others, and I understand this more, you've been disappointed in prayer. We've all been. Paul was disappointed in prayer. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We, we're, we don't know what that is. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Could that thing that you want taken out of your world be a thing that actually makes you strong? Can it serve the gospel and touch other lives as they witness you or you minister to them? Now I know Psalm 22 is the psalm of the cross. It's a prophecy about Christ, the Messiah's suffering. But I also believe David was experiencing something when he wrote Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the cries of my anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer me by night, and I find no rest. That's when we have to trust, because the hardest words in a prayer is, thy will be done. You're putting, you're putting the decision in God's hands. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Our Old Testament lesson for today, Hezekiah, king of Judah, he was a good king a righteous king, brought about many reforms. He was a man of prayer. The Assyrians are about to ta attack. The Assyrian general sends him a letter just to strike fear about the attack. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then, what does he do first? Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. He imagines God enthroned. Do you ever, when you pray, do you ever try to imagine God enthroned? And God would answer that prayer. That night, the angel of the Lord would come and strike down 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. All dead answered prayer. Can God change the future? Can your prayers change the future? Our Old Testament lesson, Hezekiah became ill, the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order. That's where we get that phrase. Because you are going to die, you will not recover. That sounds like God had a plan. Hezekiah was going to die. I don't know if I got those words from the prophet that came from God. I don't know if I'd pray. Sounds like God has determined what he is going to do. But can God have options, like a plan B, a plan C? Can those plans become the option he takes because of our prayers? Before Isaiah left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer. And seeing your tears, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. 
Then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. And they did so, applied it to the boil, and he recovered. Here we see medicine and prayer working together, don't we? We see that with Damar. And I think more prayer than medicine. I used this text for Alan Whitfield's uh, memorial service. He went to be with the Lord this year. The reason I used it, because he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer 16 years ago. Like Hezekiah got 15. He got 60. I think it was the prayers. I think it made a difference. Right now we have one of our newer members to our family here, Andrea Calvanesso. Her and her husband Joe, just new baby boy. But she had a medical condition with her pregnancy, very rare. Fortunately, U of M has a team that specializes in this. They have never seen, this was one of the worst cases they've seen. She received 27 units of blood, 28 units of plasma. The doctors are remarking it's a miracle on well, how well she is recovering. There was a lot of prayer for Andrea from this congregation, from our mom's group. I know the word went out, Leslie Whitfield, I was talking to her, and she said, I called some of my prayer warriors. Three or four different churches were praying for her. Curtis Burstein, close friend of mine. He was at church last Sunday and said it was the year anniversary. Year anniversary of him almost dying. He had aortic dissection. Went to one hospital, spent quite a bit of time there. They couldn't figure out what it was. They finally did, and they realized they did not have the doctors that could help him. He had to go to another hospital. This all started in the morning. They were keeping me up to date as it was unfolding. It wasn't until late in the evening. He should have died. There were a lot of prayers. Not this past Friday, but the Friday before, he had an early birthday party. He was sort of celebrating also that he's still alive. I was looking at him, and well, first of all, I was thankful he was still alive because he was paying for my vodka and tonic. <laughs> but I almost had tunnel vision. I had people around the chair, uh, table with me, but all of a sudden they disappeared in a way. And I could see him talking to somebody, but this tunnel vision just went. And I gave a prayer of thanks to God. Another miracle. A miracle because of prayer. Couldn't imagine my life without him, especially for his family. Prayer can change things. And thanks to Damar Hamlin, we're once again talking about it. What's uniting us? Faith and prayer. Pastor Wugazer would always say, and still remember when he talked about prayer, the answer to prayer is yes, no, wait. Then he'd say this. I'm going to surprise you beyond what you can even ask for. Think about your prayer life today. 
after Jesus died for your sins and rose again, 40 days after that ascended, and we're told he sits at the right hand of God, interceding for us, he receives our prayers. Be bold, be confident, and be humble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise to sing the offertory.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this great gift of prayer. Thank you for your guidance, your strength, your comfort, your relationship. Help us to accept this gift and use it in our lives to connect with you through prayer and really get to know you, to listen for your responses, and follow your guide. Today, we pray for those facing health concerns, Heidi, Kevin Lewand, Greg, Amy, Jim, Michael Cohen and Nicole, Richard Schneider, Gordy Meisel, Rena, Noah, Kathleen, Michael O'Connor, and Brian Leahy. We pray for those in hospice care, Steve, Joe Hamada, Helen Ataki, Rosebud Roselli. We pray and are glad for the safe delivery and arrival of Nicole Calvinesso and continued prayers for the healing and recovery of his mom, Andrea Calvinesso, and all of those serving in the military, police and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel. We pray for the Lutherans in Burkina Faso, West Africa, who are struggling with persecution, and for all those suffering from other health concerns and their caregivers. Prayers of thanksgiving for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Our sanctuary altar flowers were placed by the Klaus and Carter family in memory and celebration of Sarah Klaus's 16th birthday. Happy birthday in heaven, Sarah. All this we ask as you have taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Christ, the same night which he betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also after supper, he took the cup, when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Mm -hmm.